Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the next episode of Bibliscapes in Discussion. Today, I have got the pleasure of uh, being joined by Paul Sanders. Good evening, Paul. Hi, Ewan. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So um, for some of you who know Paul, Paul uh, Sanders was previously uh, the picture editor uh, at the Times, among various other newspapers as well. Um, he's also run workshops for, I think, a number of years with Light and Land, and he is now largely focused, I think, on his own work um, and dealing with his, doing his own retreats and has been a freelance photographer for a number of years now. So um, before we start talking about your, your beautiful book, um, it'd be great if you could maybe just give a brief introduction to yourself, your photography and your, your general background, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, um, sure. Um, I've basically been a photographer since I left school. Um, it was the one thing I knew I wanted to be. Um, I, I fell in love with photography as soon as I uh, picked up my dad's old Practica MTL3. Um, and there, there was just magic about it. Um, and having looked in some of the magazines that my dad bought, I thought, that looks like a really cool job. So, you know, I actually thought, well, how hard can it be? Um, you know, I know, I know, no different. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, 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 you know, I said I wanted to be a photographer when I was at school. The careers advisor tried to talk me out of it. Um, but I, I started out doing fashion advertising work, you know, shooting calendars in Spain um, with a, another photographer, um, you know, which, you know, you can imagine in the 80s how tough a gig that would be for an 18-year-old. And then yep. I, I sort of got into news by accident because I spent every penny I earned having a good time. As um, you do. <laughs> never give an 18-year-old loads of cash. No, absolutely not. <laughs> it all goes straight into the, it goes straight into the girls that he's working with or, um, <laughs> or into the bar. <laughs> There's worse places, I suppose. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so I, I got no money and I needed a job. Um, a local newspaper near to where I lived advertised for a trainee photographer. And I started at the Daventry Express um, in 1991. Um, and that was a little weekly newspaper in Northamptonshire. And then I, I moved from there to an agency in Birmingham um, and then up to Manchester, to the Manchester Evening News. Yeah. Uh, and then down to the Reuters and then to the Times. Um, and then was made picture editor. I mean, I, I really enjoyed news photography, but it, it comes at a cost. Yeah. Because you sacrifice everything. You're always, you're always on call. Um, you're often away. The hours are long. The work is hard. And to be honest, as satisfying as it is to see your pictures in a, a newspaper that people look on the train uh, you know, they're reading it on the train when you're there and you think, God, I took that picture and they're looking at it. Yeah. Um, it's quite depressing the next day or that night when you see your work screwed up and put in a bin. Um, you know, <laughs> one, one, one extreme to another. Yeah. You know, so you, you get the kind of the, the kind of the wow and then you get the, oh, God, nobody wants to keep cut out and keep my photo. Um, and uh, it, it's it's a sort of funny thing because it is a very disposable um yes used to photography in many ways but it's also you know photography and newspapers lives forever um and yeah. you know it's it's amazing to see occasionally a picture come out of an archive that i took years and years ago um on a really dodgy film 
um, that has been processed in the back of a car. <laughs> and there it is in some review of something you think, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I left, the, I left the Times at the end of 2011. Um, you know, I was suffering really badly with stress, anxiety and, and things. And um, I'd, I'd kind of got myself to a point where I was a bit broken. And yeah. I turned to my photography to sort of help me out really um to try and regain some sanity in life yeah yeah and so, since and yeah. since, since then obviously you've been a freelance um doing your own work and uh running a variety of workshops now through your um, still yeah i mean it's it's quite a, a strange thing because um people say oh you were freelance and it's like well I don't know whether I am because I don't, apart from the workshops, yeah. I don't take any paid work. Yeah. Um, so it's not like a newspaper will phone me. I don't want to work for any newspapers or magazines. So it's not like people yes. phone me up now and offer me any work. Yeah. Um, so everything I do is self-generated, which is satisfying in one way and really terrifying in another. Mm-hmm. So I work, I work with Light and Land for a number of years doing their workshops, which has been yes. really good fun. Yeah. Um, and I've, recently just sort of um resigned from them to sort of do more with my own company discover still which is all about the mindful approach to photography using photography to find a calm space in your life yeah um and taking the the judgment and the ego out of photography because there's a lot of ego attached to photographers you know around gear and competitions and yeah how great they are and you know how many likes yeah and, and it's so boring because the interesting thing about photography is actually the way we all see. Yes. It's the way we relate to the subject. It's about the way you capture an image, the way you photograph something, the way you express yourself through it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter whether you use a phone or, a, you know, a, a camera with a massive lens or, or you know, sun print paper, whatever. Yeah. How you see the world is unique to you. That's yes. the interesting thing. Yeah, and I would agree. I've got to have the right kit. I've got to have the right bag. I've got to have the right tripod. You know, and it's like really, just yeah. get a grip. That's probably yeah. offended loads of people. Well, they've all turned off now. You realise this year. <laughs> that that that's fine. That yeah, I wouldn't necessarily have got a huge falling to start with. So it, <laughs> I'm I'm sure the hardcore fans are probably still uh, still listening on, or let's at least hope they are. Anyway, I'll see my visit my listener. Possible numbers plummet yeah. after this episode but I'm, I'm prepared to take a chance um, okay as long as you're taking a risk yes absolutely yep but yeah and i i think that brings very nicely on as you say to uh, your book solace which i i do love all the books i have in my collection otherwise i wouldn't buy any but um <laughs> it, but but it really is an absolute beautiful book that you have brought Thank out you. there's um from from the I think from the minute I opened it, and I can see when you were just describing your approach and and what your the work that you're doing now, I can I can feel exactly how that relates to the body of work and the images yeah. in in this book. It really does come through exactly what you talk about there in 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 some in some of these images, and it obviously I think you started taking these images maybe five, six years ago, I think it was. So obviously it's yes. been, it's been some, it's been something that you've been working on over time. Now I'm just interested was, did you always envisage bringing a book out or is this something that has really just come about maybe in the last few years or in lockdown or. Um, 
it's taken, I think, I mean, I worked with Eddie Ephraims on it yes. at Envisage Books. And Eddie and I met at a Light and Land conference in 2011, 2010, something like that. Okay, yeah. And we just sort of started chatting and I think it was about, I looked at my diary before I, you know, when you said, come and do this. Yes. And I think the first meeting about this was five years ago. Right. And <laughs> it's not been a rushed process then. <laughs> no. And, and it's one of those things It's a putting a book together for me, wasn't the object of taking the photographs. Yes. Um, the, the pictures were more about finding my own space in the world, um, who I am, what I am, what I like, what I don't like. Um, they're, they're all pauses of reflection, most yep. of them. And when I was sort of chatting about the sort of photography to Eddie, he said, oh, that sounds like a really nice idea for a book. But then, you know, he, he makes books. So everything, everything to Eddie bless him is a nice idea for, for a book. book. Indeed, yes. <laughs> um, and, you know, thank God he wasn't relying on me for his income because he's produced <laughs> some amazing books in the meantime. Yes. And we have both, because we've both been busy and had, you know, personal ups and downs, it's one of those things that I've picked up and put down. I've lost confidence in it. I've lost confidence in myself. I've yep. lost confidence in the images. Um, but the one thing I knew all along was that I wanted it to be something that people had to be truly present with you have to pay attention to it yes um because it's designed as a as a, a concertina book yeah and every page um is glued to the other by the by the sort of the leading edge yes. so it can fall apart you know much like we can fall apart <laughs> if you don't take care of it yes um and and that was the the one thing i wanted um and i you know, I kept putting images in folders on Dropbox for Eddie to sort of go through and and we'd have a meeting and talk about it and decide that we wanted the cover this or the cover that. And we were we were kind of going around in circles, which was mainly me, because I kept thinking, nobody's gonna buy it, nobody's gonna buy it, nobody's gonna buy it. And then he said to me, Come over to the house and we'll go through your images. Yeah. Um, and when I got there, um Elizabeth Roberts from Black and White Photography was there. Um, and another photographer called Will Pennycook, um, who Eddie works with a lot. And Eddie said, we're going to edit your book and Elizabeth and Will are going to do it. I was like, what? Sounds like a bit of a setup <laughs> there, I think. Terrifying. Um, but it was really interesting to see other people edit my pictures. Because yeah. I'm so used to editing pictures and put a run it putting a running order together and things like that it was interesting seeing other people really connect with the way i'd put the book together or i had the ideas for the book yeah um and the the pacing that they you know they sort of put through yeah and pacing of the book is really important because you don't want people to just flick through no you want them to, to to browse you want them to spend a little bit of quality time with it absolutely um so we work quite hard on that and I was really happy with the pictures they left in and with the pictures they left out. Yeah. Um, you know, cause I mean, most of these pictures were taken from around about the point I had my nervous breakdown um, up until a couple of years ago when I sort of just stopped giving Eddie pictures cause it was the Dropbox folder was getting too weighty. <laughs> um, and, and it's a funny thing because 
I wasn't precious about it. Yep. Um, I just didn't have confidence in myself, really. Yes. Yep. This is a massive step outside my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, and Eddie kept saying, oh, we'll do a, you know, a, a largest print run. And I kept saying, let's do 50. <laughs> <laughs> and we eventually settled on 150. Um, but it was, it was a very interesting process because I'd never really done it properly before. Um, obviously, you're working in a newspaper, you're printing something every day and you do pay a lot of attention to running order and pacing and all the rest of it. But when it's a book of photography, um, you, you can get too close to it. Yes. And having other people input their ideas, their thoughts, their impressions, their reservations is so valuable. Yeah. Uh, and and it's also the way in which they see your work as well as mm -hmm. as as you've already mentioned everyone sees everything differently so the way you yeah. see your body of work um obviously having the input of three other sets of eyes they will all see things ever so slightly differently um yeah. which i think it, it just brings something something additional to the to the discussion yeah, yeah. and you know that that for me it is is the is the really interesting and important bit because if if you have other people look at your work they look at it without the emotion that you as the creator absolutely they're, they're completely dispassionate about it they have no interest in whether you run up a mountain to get a picture or swim a lake or whatever yeah they're just looking at what the, their response to the images are yes um you know usually in relation to what you've explained the concept of the book is going to be yeah so They'll look at things and go, oh, I don't like that. And you're like, oh, you know, it's like being stabbed <laughs> in the heart. Um, but thankfully, thankfully, Will and Elizabeth were, were much more, actually, that doesn't fit with the, the concept. Yes. This, this concept over here is like these pictures, but the, the book concept is, is probably these. Yeah. And then we're and this one in this order. And what about that one? Because this one speaks to that. That one speaks to that. And then there's a rhythm between... Yeah, yeah. So I, I sort of sat back and I actually just enjoyed observing other people discuss my work in a way that I'd never encountered before, and it actually gave me the confidence to finish the project. Yeah, um, because like a lot of people, you doubt whether your pictures are worth anything to anybody. Absolutely, um, yeah. You know, and as much as I'm not bothered whether people like my work or not. You don't want to invest a lot of time and effort into producing a book that you end up with sat on your office floor staring at you and you're kind of carting it around to camera clubs and nobody's buying it when you're doing talks. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, you know what, I think I can do this. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Eddie, Elizabeth and Will were like, no, it's not you can, you must. You, you, this is in you it needs to yeah. come out um and then elizabeth agreed to write the foreword yes uh and i didn't want it was really important for me that there was no technical information yeah because a lot of books have taken on this camera with this lens and this filter at this iso at this shutter speed at this aperture and that is the least important bit of information I would agree. You know, the, the, the important bits of information in this are what Elizabeth says about my pictures and what I say about the motivate. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Because you can't recreate any of these pictures because those moments have gone. Yes. 
So what, did, what does it matter if you know what shutter speed I used? And to be honest, most of them are probably four minutes and something. You know, if people are really interested, it's probably about f5.6 at four minutes with a big stopper and another stopper of some description. Untold. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's such a it's such a small part of the entire process. Um, those little numbers, and yet you're you know people say, oh you should you should include them, and I said to Eddie, I'm not including them. He was no. like, Absolutely. He said, I think you're right not to. Um, and I don't think in very, well, I think in many, very few of the books he's got, he's got any of that information. Um, and for me, it's allow the images to speak to you, not the numbers. Absolutely. You're, you, you flow through, you flow through the images. You don't flow through and then stop to say, oh, that was F8 as opposed to F5.6 or something like that. Um, I, I wouldn't even like to say they're all sharp. <laughs> do they need to be? No, that's the thing. They don't. That, they, yeah. Technically perfect. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, just, they're just what they are. Um, they, you know, they just sit. Some of them are, you know, are quite dark and moody. Some of them are quite light. Um, you know, but all of them reflect how I felt about myself at a particular time. Yeah. So the and the fact that all the pages are linked by the the concertina fold is really important because that flow, that linking, is and this sounds really pretentious when I'm saying it, it's being recorded, but every single thing we do is linked to something in front of us and behind us. Yes. But the thing that we're doing at the moment is the moment we're in. So although the pictures are linked by the folds and the glue. You can only concentrate on one at a time. Yes. Yeah. So you have to be in the present moment. You can't be looking at the picture on the previous page and looking at the same one. No, it's one or the other. Yeah. So, you know, the, the whole concept of the book is a sort of mindful approach to to, to, to reading a book. You know, yeah. You concentrate on the one in front of you and then enjoy that and then move on. Move on to the next one. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think, I think, as you say, I think the format and the structure of it works really, really well. It's uh, it's been beautifully executed. Um, That's but... heavy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, I think a book like this, because I wanted it to lay flat. Um, I didn't want to lose pictures in the gutter. Yeah. Because uh, some of them go across the, 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 the fold. And I said to Eddie, it can't buckle. It has to lie completely. You know, if you put it on a table, it needs to lie flat. And we got it to lie flat with fewer pictures, but with the, this number of photographs, it was actually quite difficult because the pages start to pull each other up. Yes, yeah. Um, you know, so he had to be really, he had to work out like to the millimeter where the where the folds were going to be, um, and work, you know, sort of with the grain of the paper, and we we had to kind of work out how to get it to stick inside the cover without the last page pulling the cover straight over or it buckling the page before it. Because once you get to the very back, there's less room for manoeuvre. Yes, yeah. But it's really technical. I mean, Eddie worked an absolute miracle in actually being able to make the book open and close smoothly. Um, and then every page is hand creased. It's, yeah. not, it's not machine creased. It's all hand, it's all hand creased. 
and then they're all hand glued as well because the gluing machine at the um, um, at the printers in um, in Paddock Wood in Kent um, they they couldn't they couldn't do the gluing so they're all hand glued. Um, Quite a job. A really old press. I mean, there's I think there's 42 folds in the book alone. Um, and I think there's six folds in the cover. Um, you know, so it was a it was a, a mammoth job. Yeah. Uh, at one point, you know, Eddie and I were going to be kind of locked in a little room just folding away. Uh, but we we enlisted some some help and we managed to get it you know, managed to get it done sort of in a sort of not automated way, but in a sort of production line way that worked. Yes. Um, and the the joy of seeing it come together and actually holding it and knowing that people have handled it, they've folded it, they've glued it. There's a real sense of the people involved in the book as well. Yeah. So it's not just not just Eddie um, or Elizabeth or Will. You know, Jamie, the guy who. Um, set all the presses up and did all the ink testing for us um you know him and his team as well have had a real hand in it and i love that connection with other people yeah um, a, a real collaboration between a big team of people um and it, it came to, it came together you know once i'd said go it actually happened really quickly i think eddie was terrified i might change my <laughs> change mind, my mind. <laughs> Now, it's, it's taken me five years to get to this point. He said, go. How many witnesses do I have? Right, let's go. Um, and I mean, the the way I normally do my pictures, I, I usually, because all my work is black and white, um, yeah. it's shot black and white, it's conceived in a black and white way. Yes. Uh, but often I'll split tone it, and some of the images when I gave them to Eddie were split tone and some were just black and white. Yeah. And we took the just the tritone print, so okay. you know, two two black inks and then a grey ink, um, just to get rid of any inconsistencies in in the colour press because it's printed on indigo printer, right? Um, which is like a huge kind big of print, big printer inky thing. I, I I'm the lead when when people start talking about the inks and things like that, I'm just like oh. <laughs> Beyond me as well. Yeah. Does it look all right? Does it look how I want it to look? Yes, it does. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Um, you know, I, I don't notice. I mean, it sounds terrible. It sounds like I don't care. Um, when it, when I say I don't notice, um, I, I sort of notice what's important to me. Yeah. But if somebody said that's a little bit too red or whatever, I might notice, but. Um, you know, I just look for the mood and does it capture the mood? And I'm like, yeah, actually it does. Um, so I was quite pleased with the, the, the tritone idea, which again was, you know, was Eddie's inspiration. He said, I think we can get a really nice consistency throughout. Yeah. Um, and, and that for me was, you know, brilliant. I couldn't have done it without, without him and, you know, his team. Yeah. Uh, it would have been, it would have been an impossible task because I just wouldn't have given it the time yeah um, so although I've been involved in it quite closely all the way along it doesn't feel like I've spent four years doing it you know five years kind of stressing about it yeah I actually stressed more in the last week um than uh, than I had for the entire project I've just gone now I'm not confident in it stop 
and then the last one after I pressed the button was when I really I really got the shakes right. um, uh, you know and then foolishly I offered it for sale just before I went on holiday so I ended up <laughs> having to take all the books on holiday with me all the boxes all the postal stuff and find a Hermes courier place near to where we were staying in Cornwall and go up every day with more and more boxes and we had a production line in our holiday apartment and quite a holiday yeah why the hell have you bought all the books because I've, I've sold them all <laughs> I've now got to get the damn things out <laughs> yeah well actually I th- I th- if I remember it sold out pretty quickly as well um it sold out in 30 hours yeah um, which I have to say I was staggered by um and really pleased because uh, one it meant I wouldn't have them hanging around the house staring at you um, but it also gave me um gave me a real boost of, of confidence a much Absolutely. needed boost of confidence yeah. to be fair um and it was lovely to see the names of the people that bought it because the the people who um look after my website and the the branding design company called ditto in um in hadlow in kent they um they set up the shop for me on the website right and when we were testing the shop the day before it launched we had to put the link live for like five minutes while we put a false credit card through it and somebody snuck in you know they'd been refreshing the link and it just came up a copy of the book and i was like they said, oh, an email's come through confirming the sale. I said, but I haven't even put the card details in. And they were like, it's not well, you. you've sold it. And then, and then they went, do you, do you know a Jim Super? I said, <laughs> yeah, he does one of my courses. I said, I sent him a text message. I said, how the hell did you do that? He said, oh, I've been refreshing it. He said, since you put your newsletter out, he said, because I didn't want to miss out. I said, well, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it just sort of, it went from there. It was like a massive snowball. My um, my email has never been so busy. Um, and the the people that bought it are mostly people that I, I'm, I know or um, have worked with or follow on Instagram, um, yep. you know, or you know, met on workshops and things like that. So it was really lovely that people that I've formed some kind of bond with uh, bought it and then there were people that I had no idea you know I mean copies went to New Zealand and Australia and all over the states and you know across Europe um, and I when we put the website together I I thought only people in the UK would buy it you know and I was getting text messages from people saying you don't do shipping to the US I was like why why would you want a copy <laughs> in the US <laughs> doesn't even so cross your mind at the time yeah and you know so it was a massive learning curve and a big awareness that actually the you know the way I, I i put my work out and the way i talk about myself actually has quite a wide a wide reach yeah and although in many ways it's not important it, it was important because the book would go into the right people the book um you know that come from from my sort of trauma and all the rest of it was was going to people who related to that yeah and um had been supportive of me um as well so it, it was an incredible experience from that point of view it was very humbling when all of a sudden the email came through to say you've run out of stock and then i actually realized that i had sold even the copy that i'd kept for myself 
Um, so I saw Eddie the other week and he had to give me one of his, he's got two spares. Um, so he had to give me one of his spares. So he's now got one spare and I've got one spare. Because uh, I hadn't got a copy of the book. <laughs> yeah. At least you never sold out every copy. At least you still do have a have a have a copy of your book. But yeah, it must as you say, it would be a great a great uh, boost of confidence when, you, as you say, you you're un, very unsure about the number that you want to do the edition you want to do, and then thirty hours later, it's all gone. Yeah, yeah, it was it was incredible. I'm I'm so grateful to the people that you know, like you, who who invested in it because yeah. Um, you know, it, it's been an amazing experience. Uh, it's been, I think, one of the most terrifying, but one of the most uplifting all at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's, like, it's, like having a, a, it's like having a child without the pain, although it is quite painful at times too. <laughs> Sorry to any ladies that are listening, because nothing can compare to childbirth, I know, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> let's so, move on quickly. Yeah. yeah. On. <laughs> so, 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 in in, in terms in terms of it, obviously, it's it's such a comprehensive and um, body of work. Are there any particular images within it that you have special connection with, or um, yeah. mean mean something particular to you? Obviously, uh, bearing in mind that. Uh, some of the images were maybe removed at the the processing point or the sequencing point of view that uh, were personal favourites, but that's part that's part of the process. Yeah, I mean the the one that's next to my um, afterward, uh, which is not quite the last image in the book, of a single a single broken sort of piece yes. of sea furniture, whatever it is. Yeah, um, that is the first image that I took where that I realized with the help of the therapist that I was working with that every photograph that I was taking had some form of self-expression and self-portraiture elements to it um, that told a story of where I was and how I was feeling. Yeah. I, mean, I wasn't wandering along the beach saying, I really want to photograph a broken stick. Yeah. I, I work in a very different way. I, I I look for things that talk to me, that call to me. Yeah. So I don't always photograph in the sort of traditional sense. I just look for things. I don't research locations. I just go to places that I feel would be nice to go to and then see what happens. Yeah. And this particular image is really dear to me because it always reminds me that the thing I love the most in the world doing, i.e. photography, is the thing that enables me to express myself in a way that I can't through talking. Yeah. Um, and it allowed me access to get the help I needed with my mental health problems. Yeah. Um, and thankfully the therapist that I was working with was able to look at the pictures, decipher the pictures and then ask me about the process of the, the visualizing the pictures that enabled me to unlock the mental health problems that I was having. Right. Um, and that to me, that one image to me is so important because yeah. if ever I get myself in a bit of a state, I can, you know, I can look at that picture and I can remember how important it is to, in whatever you're doing, express yourself. Yeah. You know, can't talk about it, draw it, paint it, 
write about it, photograph it, you know, put yourself out there, allow the vulnerabilities within you to, to project into what your, what your creative outlet is and you will be expressing what you can't talk about. Um, and that, that image to me sort of just allows me a moment to just sort of go, do you know what, actually what I'm doing is, is exactly right for me. Um, yeah. Because the only person that really matters in the creative process is the per person whose idea it is. You know, if people buy into what you're doing, that's fantastic. Yeah. But photography for me is an outlet for, for emotions and vulnerabilities and doubts and questions and all those kind of things. Yeah. Um, so that image in particular means a, a, a great deal to me. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> yeah. So in, in terms of in terms of other photographers' books, are there uh, any particular books that uh, you uh, you like to draw inspiration from, or even just sit down and, and look through every once in a while? See, when you you said, you said on the the message to me, oh, I, I just by the way, I like to ask about photography books, and at that point, I was sitting in my lounge, and I've got three or four bookcases filled with photography books much like yourself yes and i thought where the hell do i start you know i mean I've, i draw inspiration from every single photography book that i've got um yep. and i've got everything going from you know sort of calendar photography as in glamour photography right the way through to still life to architect you know i've got everything yes so i thought i would do it this way um, I would give you my favourite photographers. Um, yep. And so I've got a couple of books. Um, I'm trying to think what, what this one's actually called. It doesn't have a name on it. It's got upside down. <laughs> um, so this is um, Hokkaido by Michael Kenner. Ah, uh, yes. Um, and I love Michael Kenner's work. Um, absolutely adore his Likewise. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's played quite a, a, a big part in my own work because I've been so inspired by his, the sense of space and peace and beauty of the ordinary in his, in his images. Yeah. Um, that, you know, and, and it's the, the fact that there's evidence of people, but there are no people. Um, you know, so there's a sense of life, but it's, there's a stillness. Yeah, um, and I love it. I, I really love the book as well because it's got a wooden cover. Yeah, I've, I've got the same book. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I, I've got mine from a secondhand um, shop. What's it called up in Scotland? Um, Beyond Words. Beyond Words. Yeah, um, and it's got it's got a handwritten notes in it in pencil from somebody who had it before, and I, I really like the fact that they've not destroyed it thank god but there's little notes about things in it which I, I really enjoy so that's one of my favorites um the first photo book that i ever bought was the palestinians by don mccarlin and jonathan dimble i bought that when i was at school because i was convinced that i was going to be a very cool war photographer um right thank god i never became a war photographer to be honest i, I don't have the stomach for it um and I love Don McCullen's work. And what I really enjoy about his work is that whenever he talks about his photography, 
He always talks about the feeling, the empathy that he has for the subject, the feelings that he has when he's shooting. And it's ne again, it's never about the the technical. It's always about the feeling. Yeah. Um, and for somebody who puts themselves into such dangerous um, positions to be able to tell a story with such empathy and skill um, and with you know such finesse is incredible. I've got so many of his books. Yeah. Uh, but the Parsons is the first one that I've got. The cover is now yellow because it's so old. Uh, <laughs> but I, I absolutely love it. And weirdly, it's got my very kind of spidery handwriting from school saying this book belongs to me. <laughs> <laughs> in case it wasn't in any doubt. <laughs> just in case, yeah. Um, and then there's just a couple of others, if that's okay. Absolutely, uh, yes. The more the merrier. Um, the Dark Summer by Bob Carlos Clark which is a sort of black and white kind of, I suppose you call it a slightly, it's kind of a, um, almost erotic photography, um, but he, um, an amazing photographer, sort of does a lot of kind of beauty work or did a lot of beauty work. Um, and The Dark Summer is um, a triumph of photo manipulation before Photoshop uh, because he um, superimposes models onto cities and he makes them look like right. goddesses just a beautiful book yeah um and it, it's it's one of those books you can just pour over yeah because they're, they're works of art uh, they are so delicate and um sort of engaging and powerful and they're not they're not sexy and this is what i like about his work it's not it's not sex exploitation of women yes it's empowering of women it's showing them as kind of really powerful figures you know with sort of bows and arrows sort of shooting at things yeah an amazing an amazing thing um so i, I really enjoy his work um and then uh, i've got a beautiful book by uh, robert mapplethorpe called flora which is all of his flower work it's a collection of his flowers um and I, I mean, I shoot flowers in my own sweet way, uh, but Mapplethorpe shoot, shoots them with such intuition, such vision, uh, such depth. Um, they're, they're beautiful, they're sexual, they're erotic. They're, they're everything a flower isn't normally. Yes, yeah. Um, but you can lose yourself in them. Yeah. Um, so, um, that's that's a, a, a big a big one for me. Um, and then, oh, I need to move that book now because it's quite heavy. Um, <laughs> good job you're not recording this uh, video wise. Um, and then uh, last two, I've got Elmet by Faye Godwin. Yeah. E L M E T. Uh, but her work in this is accompanied by a series of poems by Ted Hughes. And they are so fantastic. And they're all, all the pictures are taken up in um, sort of Yorkshire, um, kind of Bronte country. Yep. And the poems add so much depth to the photography. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Ted Hughes is a fantastic poet. And I, I, re I use poetry a lot in my photography. So if I go somewhere, I tend to buy po local poetry okay, yeah. about an area and read it yeah um 
and I I always write before I photograph. So I'll I'll make notes about a location and I'll write about what it feels like, what it smells like, what it looks like, what what colours it is, what I can smell, what I can yep. taste. All right. Just for um, yep. and I, I love the connection between Hughes's words and, and Godwin's pictures. Yeah. Um and then finally, my favorite photographer is Minor White. Um, right. And his book, Manifestations of the Spirit, is a, a wonderful sort of homage to his work and his vision. Um, he was sort of the father of mindful photography, really. Because he he photographs things because he finds them beautiful. Right. Not yeah. that they fit into any particular genre or yeah. style. Um, and I, I think finding your own way with photography is the key to being happy with your photography. Yeah. Uh, often we try and fit into boxes um, and people say, that's a good photo. That's a bad photo. There's no such thing as good or bad. They're just no. different. Yeah. People's interpretation. We're all at different stages on the learning curve. Yeah. Therefore my pictures are no better than somebody who started photography yesterday. Yeah. They're different. Yeah. Uh, and when we embrace that idea, Actually, we're more encouraging. Um, and I also like the fact that if you went on a workshop with Minor White, the first thing that he got you to do was dance rather than <laughs> photograph. Because um, he wanted you to kind of lose any preconceptions of yourself. And he wanted yes. you to lose your and, yeah. um, and, and be quite free and expressive. Yeah. I yeah. love the fact that, you know, I, I, I've sort of thought about it when I'm kind of on location with a group for, for Light and Land. Uh, right, now we're going to get on the minibus and we photograph this mountain with a waterfall and a tree. We're going to dance. <laughs> I just really, really want to do that. <laughs> you know, so they're, they're my sort of, they're my favourites. Um, but, I, you know, if you wanted me to talk about other people's books i could sit here all night and yeah. bore you um you know i think any photographer no matter what level should invest in photography books absolutely um, yeah you know because looking at other people's work and not only the good stuff um look at the pictures that don't work look at the contact yeah. sheet uh, see how they work around things yeah. see how they pace books see how the pictures fit together you know, look at the typography yeah. that they use with it. Look at the the fonts. You know, there's a balance between all of it. They pull it all together. Yeah. Um, that's the important thing because words and pictures go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think if you if you allow yourself to indulge in a couple of really good photo books, um, you can learn an awful lot very very quickly. Yeah, and, and you not the technical ones. Yeah, and you find yourself coming back to them over and over again, even yeah. even if they've been sitting on your bookshelf for a number of years, you, you immediately yeah. know you're, something's going through your mind and you can immediately just reach out and grab the book that you, you know fits fits for whatever, yeah. for whatever purpose you, you need. Um, and yes. I, I, as you say, they're, they're beautiful artifacts and just really a very enjoyable experience to sit down Um the fact that you've obviously still got book, books from when you were at, from when you were at school just shows you the the connection that one can have with 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 them as well. Yeah, they're the only books I won't get rid of. Yeah, and, uh, other books I'm quite happy to take to the Oxfam shop, but my photography books, no, they stay with me, and I get yeah. really upset if other people in the house touch them. 
You just need to put them on a high shelf. Yeah. <laughs> Trouble is, the kids are all taller than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm at that point in my life cycle where I'm getting shorter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, moving on, what do you? What are your plans for the future? Do you think you've got another book inside you, or maybe a second edition of Solace, or um, what? Are, what has it given you a bit of motivation or encouragement to maybe? Not necessarily do one straight away, but maybe think about one in the future at some point. Yeah, I I am going to do another book, um, and I've the idea for it is sort of cooking away gently. Um, yeah, I've started pulling together a few ideas and a few concepts. It'll be very different to Solace. Yeah, um, but there won't be a second edition of Solace. I was going to do it, but I always said that it would be a limited edition. Yeah. Uh, limited first edition um, was what we put inside the back cover, which at the time would give us room to do a second edition. But I, I kind of feel the point of doing a limited edition is that it's limited yeah. to 150 copies. It's not limited to 150 copies. And then because I've got 100 people wanting it, I'll do another 100. You yeah. know, it's that's it. It's it's done. Um, I may do an ebook. I may do an e-version of it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, but that's that's still to be decided. But there won't be a printed hard copy version of it. Yeah. Um, and I've I've had several people over the past couple of weeks say, oh, "I've heard there might be," and I'm like, "No, no, there's not going to be." I'm really <laughs> sorry. Um, and I, I keep thinking, well, you know, maybe. And I was like, no, my ethically for me it would be wrong. Yeah. And it yeah. would undermine um, what I've what I've said to people. So I don't I don't want to do that. I don't yeah. want to kind of. I don't want people to lose faith in the fact that I've said I'll do 150 and that's it. Yeah. Um, so hang on to it because one day it might be worth more than the money you paid for it, or it might be worth less. <laughs> uh, to be honest, it's uh, much like you. I, I I don't sell my photo books and I wouldn't want to sell them. So um, it, it won't be going anywhere. <laughs> But I do look forward to I do look forward to uh, potentially seeing another book from you in the future, and I'll yeah. just put myself down for a copy right now, just to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to send you one so you can get me on again. But will you still be doing this in like five years' time? <laughs> I'll make to get a copy of your book. I'll make an exception. There'll be there'll be no episodes for three and a half years, but we're now doing a special. We're now doing a special one-off episode. <laughs> If it means I don't have to refresh, if it means I don't have to refresh your 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 website for about five days after you make an announcement that you're going to be selling it, then eh, prepare to take. I'll drop you a special email ahead of the announcement. All right. <laughs> <laughs> See if you can get in under the radar again. Yes, that's it. Well, it, to be honest, Paul, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Many thanks for joining me this evening. Um, it really has been has been phenomenal to chat to you about your book and about your work. Um, and uh, just, yeah, just wish you all the very best for what has been a, a very strange year for all of us. It has indeed, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been an absolute privilege. Um, you know, best of luck with this because I think it's a fantastic project that you're doing. Yeah, thanks very much. Cheers. All right, mate. Okay. Cheers. See you. Bye. Bye.